Please turn with me to Second Thessalonians and uh, chapter three. We'll read from verse one to verse five again. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored, as happened among you, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you, that you, that you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. Let's bow together and pray. Oh God, we want to thank you that you, we can gather together and immediately acknowledge what you have done for us in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. What a great blessing and a joy this is, oh God, to know you in this way. And also to be in eager expectation of these blessings that we receive from you. And to know, oh God, that you haven't left us here as orphans. You have left us the witness of the Holy Spirit and also his work in our hearts and also the very witness of your word and what we're able to derive from it. And therefore, we do pray that this moment, oh God, may it please you again to cause that these pages of scripture that come alive whenever we read, that indeed they may be food for our souls even now. And so attend to me that there may be no error on my lips and also attend to these my hearers, oh God, that indeed they may be the people whom you will speak to even uh, through this. And this is a tremendous, oh God, occasion when men can pause, pray to you like this, worship you like, worship you like this, and also seek to get something from you by the way of the scriptures. And so, oh God, glorify yourself and honor your name in this way. This we ask in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the morning, we did see that the Apostle Paul affirms uh, this book as his very own word, where he expresses confidence that uh, the Thessalonians would do as uh, they had been commanded and as he had taught them and even as he was teaching them even through this uh, uh, later. And various things he speaks about, the man of lawlessness and uh, the warnings that he brings and uh, warning also against uh, idleness, really practical things that uh, Paul uh, brings about uh, here. And uh, he, he wants the Thessalonians really to be true Christians amidst all these things, willing to work for the Lord and willing to honor his name. And more particularly, the text that we read is a prayer request. 
requests that uh, Paul brings that uh, through him and others that the gospel may spread and that God's honor indeed uh, may be known far and, and, and wide. But notice that in uh, this appeal, there is that uh, verse 3 where there is a change of gear more, to, uh, more or less. That is, he gives this uh, request, he sort of brings them to the confidence that he has in the Lord, the confidence about uh, the safety that is in the Lord and also the confidence that every Christian ought to have. And he says, but the Lord is faithful. And whenever you see the word but, there is almost a negating of what has been said and also a change of uh, direction. But sometimes uh, a, a very founding thing that now needs to be said, but also probably uh, uh, an aspect that needs uh, great at attention. And I think the Apostle Paul does all, all these uh, three. That is, as he was making this request and talking about uh, the wicked and evil men, it is as if uh, he remembered that, wait a minute, but three things. The Lord is faithful. He will establish you and he will guard you against uh, the evil one. Our confidence and safety in this uh, world is on the fact of the Lord himself and, and nothing else. That is where we draw our confidence. Without the Lord, our salvation is nothing. Our salvation is, is not there. Without the Lord, our walk in this world is, is impossible. Without the Lord, we would have no hope in this world and would not even have hope for the world to come. But the very fact of God changes everything. The very fact of what God has done in the Lord Jesus Christ changes everything and uh, gives us that uh, great hope that continues with us. And this is what propels us all the time. It is uh, the Lord. And therefore, as we consider this text together, but the Lord is faithful, he will establish you and guard you against the evil one. You notice that this is really the fulcrum of uh, the, uh, the prayer request that the Apostle Paul gives. And when you read it, it's more or less that the, the Apostle Paul would have gone on and on. But having said that, he says we have confidence in the Lord. We have confidence in the Lord in this very fact. But you notice the Apostle Paul, his confidence in the Lord, he says it's about you and uh, doing and will do the things that we command. And uh, the, the, the very context of the text gives a direction of what this confidence must do to us. And I must immediately mention it because this is what uh, the text does. The very context suggests that there is an objective direction of the safety that we have in the Lord. It is our very obedience, obedience uh, to God, our very faithfulness, and also our very uh, service uh, to him, and our very uh, aspect of that which defines us as Christians, that our 
Christian uh, daily living must therefore point to the fact that we live in such a way that uh, we are all the time expressing our safety in the Lord, our confidence in the safety that he has provided for us. And that expresses itself variously in uh, the way we live our Christian lives. And all the time when you find Christians living very useless lives, it's because they don't know what they have in the Lord Jesus Christ. When you know what you have in the Lord Jesus Christ, it just changes your outlook to, uh, to life. When you know where you, you are going, you, you will not live as one who is of this world. And when you know what is uh, behind you, you will know uh, what they are for, how to live uh, your life. There is a saying uh, in our language which, which really means that a person who speaks with, with uh, uh, great confidence must know the confidence that is at his home. And in other words, what you are in society somehow depicts what you are and what you have left at home. And I think it's true for us as Christians that what we are and how we live our lives generally is a reflection of what we know of ourselves as Christians and also a reflection of what we know of God. If you know your God, you will live like a person who knows his God. And if you know what God requires of you, your very outlook in life will be lived in such a way that indeed you are fulfilling God's purposes in your life. And if you know that your life is not uh, really yours, you will therefore live your life to satisfy the one who owns your life. Don't we say to our children when they are going out there, don't we always say to them, remember where you come from. Isn't there a saying in this world that charity begins at home? And if charity begins at home, our charity as Christians must express the home and the kingdom we belong to. And that is what this text does. And I, I, just in case I forget to mention it, I wanted to mention it at the very outset. That the Lord is faithful. He will establish us and guard us against all evil. And this is our confidence. And the Apostle Paul says we have confidence uh, in the Lord about you. Dare I say the same this evening? I have confidence about you today. Because your confidence is in the Lord. And that you will obey the word of God. And that you will live as one who is a true Christian. That's my confidence. Let us uh, see what this text has for us. And the very first word is but. And like I've said, it is a contrasting word. But also it is a building word. And when the Apostle Paul now comes to say, the Lord is faithful, and this will be my, my first point, 
but the Lord is uh, faithful. I want you to know that uh, he takes it from the root of that same word that he says, for not all have faith. And therefore, you notice, like I said in the morning, that it is not just a faith of uh, trusting in God, but a faith of uh, trustworthiness. The, the faithful word that is used uh, in here is a word that goes beyond what we do in just accepting, but it goes to the extent of uh, being meaningful in a trustworthy way. And that is what it, it is. And, and therefore, uh, there's a slight difference because in the first part, that other extent is not uh, really uh, stressed. But the Lord, uh, sorry, the Apostle Paul, he is stressing it uh, here. And uh, this reminds me immediately of what the Apostle Paul says in Romans uh, chapter 3 and verse 3, when, where he says, what if some were unfaithful, does their faithlessness nullify the faithfulness of God? And the answer is obvious, no, it doesn't. And uh, when, we look at, uh, when we looked at, for not all have faith, we included ourselves. But no matter what man is, therefore, God will not be like man. God remains uh, faithful. And he will not be faithless. And the Lord here, as uh, the word suggests, he's really talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. But as I will be speaking, I will be interchanging between God uh, the Father and God the Son, and the true in God as well. And to show that God, therefore, as he attends uh, uh, to, to us, he is indeed attending to us in all his fullness. And the only thing that I want to do in doing this interchange is to show that God attends to us in a full way, in all the fullness of God. And sometimes our folly as, as believers is uh, to try to decrease the fullness of the, of, of the divinity, the Godhood in our Lord uh, Jesus Christ. Remember uh, that uh, when you go to Colossians, we see that Paul presents him as one who is above all things. And when you get to Hebrews, Paul presents him as higher than the highest order of creation, the angels. And that's what uh, the Lord is. But more than that, he is the second person of the Godhead. And just to imagine, therefore, that the one who is reckoned to uh, be faithful to us is indeed God of very God. A great privilege that uh, we have. It's God himself who is uh, faithful to us. And just remember, we are of the created order. And just remember that indeed we are finite in, in every way. And uh, the verse before that told us that uh, there are uh, wicked and evil men in this world, men who cannot be trusted, who have no faith. But 
But the Lord is uh, faithful. Do you hear how beautiful those words are? How settling they are? And how comforting they are? The Apostle Paul would pray, would ask that uh, the Thessalonians would pray for him. And as he indeed asks this, he looks at these people and sees that he, together with them, have got something common. And it is the confidence that we have. Confidence in the safety that we have in this uh, world. And he declares, therefore, and declares that the Lord is faithful. Do you notice that he doesn't go into explaining many things about the faithful God? The Apostle Paul is one, when you read his letters, that he is indeed meticulous in detail. He is meticulous in explaining and wanting to really get to the ground of all things. This one, he declares, and he ends there, the, but the Lord is faithful. And in my Bible, the ESV, there is a full stop. And he wants to really just uh, make all of us see the magnitude of the statement that he makes. It's huge that God himself would indeed attend to you, attend to me, with all his faithfulness. In other words, the real meaning of this is this, that God, and hear this, God attends to you with all his Godhead. That is a tremendous thought. It blows our minds. We can't even begin to fully comprehend it and package it properly and put it in our heads and be able to come and fully explain it. We can't. And that's why the Apostle Paul just makes it as, as a statement, distinct, distinguishing it from the men that are in this world. But all the while remembering that we are in this world. But he puts it to us. Christ Jesus is faithful. And your security is the fact that this one, who is your Savior, he first demonstrates his faithfulness to us that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. And God himself demonstrates also this, that indeed he took our sin and laid it on our Lord Jesus Christ. He who knew no sin and was punished for it. And this is the first sign that indeed he is faithful. God is faithful. Faithful to the extent of sending his son to come and die for us. And this is how God shows his, uh, his, his faithfulness. And even when he gives us that great commission to do in Matthew 28, he says, you must teach them, the disciples teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. All that I have commanded you. And behold, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And what is he saying when he says, I am with you 
to the end of the age. He is saying, I will be faithful on my part. I will be faithful to you. How long? To the end of the age. And what is the end of the age? You will not be able to answer that. But it is interesting that he makes mention of his faithfulness and makes mention of uh, the fact that we are to teach them to obey and to observe what the Lord himself commanded us. God's faithfulness goes hand in glove with our obedience to him. God's faithfulness goes hand in glove with who we are in this world. And therefore, whenever you think about his faithfulness, and when a declaration like this is made, that the Lord is faithful, think therefore that he is calling you to be faithful in the same way. And to be faithful to him and not to any other. He is calling you to be faithful to him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, sorry, verse uh, 8 it is, in speaking about uh, Abraham and his faithfulness, says this, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he has to receive for inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. We want to speak of Abraham's faithfulness and of his faith, but not what Hebrews says, therefore. That Abraham's faithfulness and his faith was tied together with obedience. He obeyed God by going out. Later on, he therefore said, says in Hebrews 11 verse 19, the writer says, consider that God is able to raise people even from the dead from which he also received him back as a type. And still talking about the expression of Abraham's faith when he laid his son there in obedience and God stopped him. And the record therefore, in speaking about that, the record is that God is able to raise far more. And that should tell us uh, something. The Lord uh, Jesus Christ, when Philippians speaks about uh, uh, his humanity, he says that being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. God showed his faithfulness in so many ways, therefore. But here is the very apex of obedience. Jesus Christ obeyed, becoming obedient to the point of death. God's faithfulness leads us to see to what extent we need to obey God. The extent to which we need to obey God 
is to the point of death. So that declaration that the Apostle Paul makes when he changes gear in his prayer request and he says, but the Lord is faithful, is a declaration that seeks to bring us close to God in terms of our very character. That our character must show something of God, therefore. And this, friends, is indeed our testimony. But more than our testimony, this says our very description. And more than that, it points to our obedience. Isn't it true that in the house, the faithful children are those who show their faithfulness by being obedient to their parents in all ways. Oh, friends, but the Lord is faithful. But secondly, our confidence in the safety that we have is from the fact that he will establish us. And he indeed establishes us. The one who is faithful also establishes us. And uh, we, we need to understand what this word sterizo means. And the only way to understand them, understand uh, this uh, word, is to see how it is used in uh, the New Testament. And uh, I would like us to go to a few texts and see what uh, the Bible says, and I think that way we'll be able to see clearly what this word means. Then I'll proceed to just say a few things about uh, this. Look with me first of all then to look on chapter 9 and see that... Uh, the, this word was used there uh, as, as well. And uh, you know, sometimes our translators, they seek to find words that explain in a bit more detail what the word was meaning. But I want to show you that it is the same word and the same root in uh, uh, Luke chapter 9 and verse 51. Uh, when the Samaritan village uh, rejects Jesus uh, uh, Christ. It says this, when the days drew near for him, in verse, verse 51, sorry, I didn't tell you, verse 51 of Luke and chapter 9. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Now those uh, three words, he set his Face were really from the same root of the word established. He set his face. And therefore, there is a sense in which this word also means to uh, set yourself in a position. And this is what the Lord was, uh, was doing here. He set himself in a position to go to uh, Jer Jerusalem. I'll show you another one, Luke 22, and uh, verse uh, 32. Another interesting usage of uh, the, the same word. Luke 
when uh, Jesus foretells uh, Peter's uh, denial, he says this in verse 32 of Luke 22. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. And that strengthen is also the same root as the word establish, sterizo, for those who are scholars of the Bible, you will be able to, 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 to see this. And uh, therefore, it is about indeed being uh, settled and being steadfast and confirming others in the same uh, direction. And that's the word strengthening there, and that's the sense in which this word is, uh, is, is, is used. That be steadfast, uh, Peter, and say to yourself in your mind, Peter, and strengthen your brothers and confirm them in uh, this. And it's the same in, in, uh, in Romans chapter 1, where the Apostle Paul in verse uh, 11 says, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. In other words, to again to settle you. And in Luke uh, 16, verse 26, it's about being immovable and uh, standing in your place, where uh, uh, there is this aspect of uh, the, the chasm that is between us and you. There is a great chasm that has been fixed. That fixed that is in that text is about the same word, fixed, standing immovable. And uh, also the Apostle Peter in uh, First Peter, uh, sorry, Second Peter it is, uh, chapter 1 and verse uh, 12, where Peter says, Therefore I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them, and are established in the truth that you have. And it's the word established. Uh, that's how that word is used in that uh, uh, context. And, and, and therefore you notice that there is a sense of being steadfast, a sense of being settled, a sense of being uh, indeed established in a position, and that indeed nothing therefore moves you, and you are fixed, you are settled. And this is a sense in which this word is, is used uh, uh, therefore. And uh, the variance of it, uh, Sterigmos, has the same sense when the uh, Apostle Peter in Second Peter and chapter 3 says, You therefore, beloved, knowing this before, and take care that you are not carried away with uh, the error of lawless people and lose your own uh, stability. A variance and also a derivative of uh, the same word there is used as uh, stability. And Colossians, the Apostle Paul would also say, Therefore, as you received Jesus Christ, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built, the same thing, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. And this is the place, the only place where uh, uh, Paul actually stretches uh, the, the meaning and uh, brings uh, two words one is a variant, and one uh, is uh, the root. When he says rooted and built up in him and established in uh, the, the faith. 
And uh, I gleaned this as I was uh, preparing for this. And ultimately, what, what I saw is, is this, that these texts uh, point us to a specific direction, and it is this, that uh, in First Thessalonians chapter 3, if you, uh, you, you turn there, you see actually the very uh, summary of all these things. And uh, it reads as, as follows in First Thessalonians chapter 3 and uh, verse 11 through 13. Now, he says, may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. And this establishing therefore, friends, is in the direction of when our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, comes. And uh, the, the beautiful thing about these uh, verses that I have led you, if uh, you are one like me and the things that I do for a living, it immediately tells you of a firm foundation. That God establishes us on very firm ground. And it's a, a foundation that cannot be moved and swayed and not be moved by any wind of doctrine that will come. And I was almost tempted to, to stretch you to that direction. But just this very fact, that the foundation is set, it's done, it's completed, and the foundation is secure, it is firm, it is strong. But then also, that the superstructure itself is built by God himself. And that's the superstructure of our very faith, of our being as, as, as Christians. Do you see how safe and secure our salvation is? But more than that, how safe and secure our walk is. And that indeed, there is no excuse that you have for failing to grow as a Christian. For failing to know the things of uh, the Bible. For failing to know what your salvation really is. And the doctrine of your salvation. And since we are in Thessalonians, the doctrine of the things to come. You will not be tossed to and fro. God doesn't want you to be blind and actually get into heaven blind. He wants you to get into heaven with your eyes open. Knowing where you are going right now. And how you will get there. It's a beautiful place where we are going, but also more beautiful is how God himself is taking us there. And what the Lord is doing in us to change us from one degree of glory to another, all the while, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, that indeed we may be presented before our God and Father, really blameless and in holiness as we will stand. And so satisfied that indeed we have walked the walk of faith and walked the walk of faith established by God himself. That the Lord did a work in us and it's such a work that even you when you look 
you were able to say that indeed I was there. I'm here. And others looking at you would be able to say in the words of the psalmist that this one and that one were all born in her. That we may be proud with one another when we look at each other. That is our calling. But God, the Lord, is faithful. He will establish us. And therefore, this establishing, friends, you notice that it is being established in the truths of the gospel. The Apostle Paul, the context of this was that he wanted that the gospel, the word of the Lord, may speed ahead. And he said, pray. And also he wanted the honor of the Lord. And he said, pray. And then he says, he will establish you. In other words, saying this is possible. The work of God will not uh, fail. We are the building of God individually and collectively together. We are the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. The church established on the truths of God's word. And the church being built up on the same, same truths. And that's why when the church gathers together for the study of his word, run there. Be found there. These studies that we do, we do on Sunday, like we had this morning, are for a meaning, are for a purpose. We will meet in our home groups uh, this Thursday. Make a point to go there and see together the things that God has done, our perseverance, our perseverance on the basis of the oath that God himself has sown to us that's what we'll be looking at together this uh, week. Oh, this is a tremendous blessing that God himself would indeed establish us uh, together like this. And this is what the Lord Jesus Christ prayed for when he prayed for oneness. He said in John 17 verse 23, he says, I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as I have even as you have loved me but that oneness only comes when we pay attention to what the Lord is doing in establishing us he will establish you but notice also that the Apostle Paul, he is making this statement as a commitment of fact again. The Apostle Paul is making it as a commitment of fact. And the commitment is that Jesus Christ will do it. And that's a commitment. That Jesus Christ, he is committed to you, he is committed to me in the very same way. And that establishing that he is doing in you he will do in me also. And will we therefore as a church move together then? Move together and say we are being established in the truth of God's word. Do not be the minus in the church. Eh? Be the plus in the church. Be not the, just a number in the church. But be a number that indeed is adding to this that the Apostle Paul is talking about. A number that indeed expresses 
that indeed you are indeed established. He has established you. That when all of us look at you, we're able to proudly look at you and your development in the Lord with a great joy that indeed here is one established together with us. But dear friends, our safety, our confidence is on the basis that the Lord is faithful. But the Lord is faithful draws two very important things. One is that he will establish you. The second one is that he will guard us. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Guard you against the evil one. We all know what to guard means. Friends, it is to keep watch. But most importantly, here in this text, is actually to keep custody. It's to keep custody. You know, when you are keeping custody, you are ensuring that what you are guarding will not be taken away. And that you have hemmed in it in and you have kept all the boundaries quite secure to keep custody. The police use it when they say he's in custody. Try to go to go and get someone who, who is in custody of the police out. It's not that easy. But you can manage to break them out. But here, the custody is impenetrable, impossible to break out. And hence our perseverance. We are being kept uh, custody. The Lord Jesus Christ actually said this, that how can someone enter a strong man's house, a strong man's house, and plunder his goods unless first he binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. So to, to, uh, to get us plundered, our strong man is Jesus Christ. But we do know that Peter would say in 1 Peter 5 verse 8 that we must be sober-minded, be watchful for our adversary, the devil, prowls around like a rolling lion seeking someone to devour. A friend of mine lives near this place where there was a lion or lions that were prowling around. And he said to me, I'm not leaving my house. My children are not going to school. We are all indoors. So I said, I, I hope you have got food in the house then. He says, mm, whether there is food or not, we are staying indoors. So I said, I thought you drive. He says, mm, lions can do anything. The devil, like a rolling lion, seeks someone to devour. That's dangerous. That's a picture that the Bible has uh, given. But Romans 6 verse 20 and we thank the Lord for such texts. And for such texts like these ones he will establish you and guard you against the rolling lion. The Apostle Paul would say in Romans 16 verse 20 and the God of peace will soon crush 
Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. In his benediction, as he says bye to the Romans, he says, soon, that Satan will be crushed under your feet. In other words, you yourself, you will celebrate the victory that you would have won. And in other words, you will know something of this victory. It's a scary thought, yes, to think that the devil is like a rolling lion seeking someone to devour. Now, you know, to devour is to tear to pieces, to really just uh, obliterate. And to, to read of the story of Job, that uh, the devil went to seek for him there, and to think that it can happen to you, that indeed he can come and seek for you right now, and things just go awry in your life. And everything about you is all taken away. It is a possibility here. But all the while what you read is that indeed your soul is safe and secure in the Lord. God will protect you. And as we read Romans 12 uh, earlier on in our service, I'm sure this thought was coming to you when we read together in Romans 12 verse 17, that then the dragon became furious, not angry, furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring. Read these stories. Read these words. On those who keep commandments of God and hold on to the testimony of Jesus Christ. And he stood on the sand of the sea. Did you hear what we read earlier on in our service? Did you hear these words in Revelation chapter 12? That indeed the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of our offspring. But notice what the text says further. It is those who keep commandment of God. Didn't we see earlier on that the faith, faithfulness of the Lord teaches us immediately obedience to God, keeping his commandments, keeping his word? Here it is. Those of you who are like this, therefore, the dragon is furious with you. The dragon has come off to make war with you and on those who keep the commandment. But while he does so, we, we keep the commandment and we hold on to the testimony of the Lord. Our very obedience and our very uh, uh, lives are what keeps the evil one away. He can do anything and everything that he may desire to us. But one thing for certain, he will not bar us from getting to heaven. And all these things that we suffer here are just temporal. They are not forever. Our bodies will give way. Those of us who are beginning to advance in, in age, we begin to feel aches here and there. Some of us 
uh, uh, no of uh, uh, illnesses here and there, and even the COVID we've had will threaten us here and there, and for sure we will die, but ultimately, God himself, he guards us for now, and he guards us for the future, and therefore, we shall persevere on to the end. This, therefore, means actually the Lord is guarding us in an effective way. When you have a thief coming into your house and stealing all things and goes away, he notices your life doesn't come to an end. You're still living. And even when he kills you, if you are a Christian, what he has done, he's just propelled and speeded up your home going. And he notices he hasn't taken away anything. And whatever the devil does to you, and whatever he will do, the Lord guards you against him. And so, that's why our Christian life is not about us fighting physically. It's not about going on to get physical uh, weapons that are there in this world. Oh, but we fight in the spiritual realm where we have no strength of our own, but it's the strength of the Lord. I asked earlier on that imagine this, that God comes to you with all his Godhood. In other words, with all his power. And in that realm, therefore, it is the power of God. The power of God that has already defeated the evil one. And actually, therefore, the power of God that guides you through this life that we live, that guides you to be able to stand your ground and uh, be able to say, get thee behind me, Satan. And using that an as an example for yourself, to be able to stand that your spiritual life can actually be built up, to be able to stand that you can be transformed, to be able to stand that indeed in time we can be able to say that is a strong Christian. Be able to stand to the extent that when we look back at your life, we are able to see all the while when you go through all these turns and so on in the world, the difficulties that are there in times when you have plenty, in times when you have nothing, in times when you are really struggling, if you are at school, struggling with your studies and struggling with life generally we're able to see somebody who is guarded somebody who has been established somebody who knows that God the Lord is indeed faithful oh friends with all this that I've said we all now see and know that God himself is the one who fights for us God himself is the one who establishes us. He's the one who protects us from the wiles of the evil one. And we can thus continue praying these things. And even when things do not seem alright, there is a thought that makes us to have our proper eyes of faith. When we remind ourselves 
that with all these things, there is that but, three-letter word that leads us to see that God is faithful. Now, imagine that God is faithful to you in exactly the same way that God was faithful to Paul. As he was being dragged in Corinth, flogged in Ephesus, and all these hardships coming his way, shipwrecked, and him going hungry, a thorn in his flesh, one thing remained faithful. He knew that foundation that was set in the Lord. That superstructure of his faith that was built in the Lord. Solid and solidity around him. And that externally, while the devil was doing all these things, God was guarding him. And he was uh, with him. God promises and he fulfills, uh, dear friends. God promises and he acts. And therefore, here is our assurance that this bat that we have here is a bat that brings to us a great confidence. It's a bat that brings to us a safety like no other safety. And therefore, friends, in the previous chapters, when you read uh, uh, Thessalonians, in chapter 2, we read of the man of lawlessness associated with the coming of our Lord. And in other words, he opposes and exhorts himself right now. But that doesn't shake us. That doesn't uh, shake us. Even when he tries to uh, take the place of God, proclaiming himself to be God. And the Apostle Paul says this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And he says, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And you know what is restraining him. You know what is restraining him. Now so that he may be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. And therefore it doesn't worry us. We should not be moved by all these things of lawlessness that we see. That men are exchanging natural things for unnatural things. That men are running away with all these things. It will not unsettle us. We will always uh, give thanks. And give thanks to one another beloved in the Lord because we are safe and uh, secure. I thought I should do these things together with you today that I may encourage you to know that we are safe and secure in the Lord. And doing so, therefore, you may know the faithfulness of God and that God himself is committed to you in these ways. And more importantly, he is committed in establishing you in the faith. He is committed in guarding you against the evil one. 
and therefore you are safe and secure in the Lord. And you can run to that rock, the rock that is indeed a true rock for your faith, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Our Father, may these thoughts encourage us, O oh God, and cause them to be riveted upon the tablets of our hearts that indeed we may know what we have in the Lord and what God himself you are doing for us and that indeed you are faithful and committed to us. This is a great blessing and a tremendous joy. May all this, O oh God, be a means of grace to bless us and to cause to walk us, to cause to make us to walk in you in the true newness of life. Accept this our prayer and our worship of you. In Jesus' name, amen.